Hey, Sales Lift Nation, it's your host, Tyler Lindley. Today I have Carl Ferreira from HubSpot on the show. Hey, Carl, how you doing today? Doing good, Tyler. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, thanks so much for joining. So Carl is a rock star AE and team lead at HubSpot, where he just won Rising Stars Award for having a fantastic first year in sales at HubSpot. And that's really what we're going to focus on today is, Carl, how do you have a great year as a first year sales rep? Or how can leaders set their first year sales reps up for success? Like, what did you do to really crush it in year one at HubSpot? Yeah, Tyler, I'm real passionate about this topic because one, a lot of reps are in their new roles, right? Because of COVID, there was so much of a shakeup. Lots of reps transitioned out of their previous roles for whatever reason and are in new roles. And I'm excited to share kind of some of the some of the tactics, some of the things that I thought about and some of the mindset that I took into my new role. Like, how do I really crush it, right, in this first year? And to answer your question real specifically, it it's two things. One is just kind of a mindset that I bring into my new role and really anything that I do. And the second, the second thing is uh, to your point about what can sales leaders do is <laughs> look at what the HubSpot sales leaders do, right? So a lot of it, it was internal, you know, tactics that I brought in mindset, but a lot of it too was just such great support from my manager, from our leadership team. As you know, at HubSpot, like our sales enablement is really bar none. There's just a lot of resources there to help you to be successful. So I really leaned into, again, the people around me and just kind of a mindset of mm-hmm. jumping in, diving in and, and not not looking back. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about that mindset because I think in sales, a lot of us have that kind of go-getter, hunter mentality. We want to you know be at the top of the board. But, you know, it, it does take like it does take more than just that to to be the top new rep at, at, a, at a big company or a small company or any company for that matter. So, like, tell me a little bit more about what that mindset looks like for you on a daily or weekly or monthly basis. Yeah. So in the beginning, again, if I could even just like what was the mindset? It was just like dive in. Right. So I think I see this a mistake. I think a lot of rec, reps make in the beginning is they're they're kind of timid. They're like, hey, I'm, I'm the new guy or the new gal. And they, they have like this new guy, new gal mindset where they're like they don't want to like ruffle any feathers. They don't want to cause any waves. They kind of want to slide in, stay under the radar, get to their number you know, yes, sir, no, ma'ams, like very kind of straight laced. And I think that that's fine. Mm -hmm. But I kind of reject that mindset to a degree because like I was hired for a reason. I get, I'm getting paid like the same, you know, in general as all the other AEs at my level. And HubSpot is trusting me with a large patch of land and customers, right? So they need me to jump in immediately. I'm not going to be timid. I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to kind of dip my toes in. I'm diving right in. A couple of ways that I practically did that was just removing from my mind that I was a new person. I've been selling for years. Like I'm not new at this in any way, shape or form. Like I know how to sell. It's just a different product, different motion, different story now, but same mechanics. So I came in with just like that confidence. Like I gave myself that pep talk, you know, like I'm not new. Like I know how to sell. I'm very good at selling. These are just new things. So I wanted to come in and, and, and just jump in and be super valuable to my team. I remember early days, I was answering questions about the HubSpot product itself to other reps that had been here a lot longer than me. Right. So that's one thing I did. Like I just became obsessed with just like learning the product that helps you to like really skyrocket through the ranks of like Carl knows what he's talking about, not just internally, 
to bring value to my team, but also to my customers. Mm -hmm. You don't want it to sound like you just got hired when you're talking <laughs> to customers, right? You want it to sound like you've been doing marketing, you've been doing sales, you've been selling software like this your whole life, right? Not that you want to fake it till you make it, but you got to, you got to catch up like pretty quick, you know? And that's kind of one of the first things that I focused on is I got to become an expert and become valuable to my customers and my own team internally really fast, mm -hmm. as fast as possible. Yeah. It's such a good point. And you know, you hear a lot of folks talk about, well, like, oh, my onboarding was only about the product knowledge and stuff. It's like, no, it wasn't. Onboarding was 10 minutes of product knowledge when like the real product knowledge, like you said, comes from being, I love the line, being obsessed with the product. You need to be obsessed with it because if you're not, if you don't know more than your customer knows or the teammate beside you knows, you're not, how are you going to sound on the phone? Like you said, nobody wants to talk to the new sales. Oh no, I got a new sales rep. They're not going to know anything. You want to fake it till you make it, but there's a way to like just put in the extra hours, at least initially to do that. Is that what you, did you kind of just over, not want to say overextend yourself, but did you put in a little bit more effort to build that foundation on the front end? And if so, like, what did that look like for you early days? Yeah, I would say to any any new reps coming into HubSpot, this will be different from other companies, but you know, we got a, we had a month, right? To, to kind of train and get ramped up. I would say that I really took advantage of that. So, it, you know, the onboarding in, in to, to onboard onto HubSpot, you know, you have to pretty much build like a business in HubSpot, right? And then present it. I really was like not doing that just to like check the box of that checklist that they give you. I was like, I'm going to do all of these things right. Like to the nth degree, like I'm not just going to build a website just to check the box. Like I'm going to build this thing. Uh, and so that really helped me to like really learn the nitty gritty of HubSpot really quickly. So even month one, which is technically month two, but month one in the sales seat when I was selling, it was like, I already knew like quite a bit and was ahead uh, of my peers in many ways, which is just super helpful. The second thing that really helped me with product knowledge was I didn't just lean on my SE and my team. I really tried to like test or find the answers myself before I went and just asked a question. That's a mistake I see a lot of reps make is they ask questions um, and they ask for answers with somebody else instead of just going in, popping into your demo and spending five minutes and figuring it out, testing it yourself instead of asking. Because what happens is it's a little annoying. <laughs> it spends five minutes. I don't have time for that. But guess what? I spend five minutes doing that research on my own a couple times a day. Two weeks later, I know like 70% more about HubSpot than like anybody else. Mm -hmm. So it's like, the learning curve is very fast if you really put in that time. And it's actually turned out to be less work than you think in the grand scheme of things. And also, I don't have to go back and ask a million questions anymore because I know a ton, not everything. It's impossible almost probably to know everything about HubSpot because it's such a robust platform, but like I know a lot, so I can move fast. Also, from a sales perspective, this is the last thing I'll say on this point, I can be more creative in finding customers, helping them find solutions. Cause I know like how the product can be pushed to the limit, you know, and that's another kind of surprise value, I guess, that I've gotten from really being a product expert is I can like, I can make HubSpot flex and move mm -hmm. for weird use cases 
where another rep might be like, oh, we can't do that, you mm-hmm. know? And then the customer has to go buy a bunch of other point solutions or they can't really do that anywhere else. It's like, no, HubSpot can flex to this totally. Yep. You just have to really know, like when you get in there, how to do it. And that's helped me, you know, to yep. win deals. 100%. And I love the I love the find your answer yourself. I've, I've been guilty of not doing that, of just looking for, <laughs> I want the easy answer. I'm just going to ask my manager and then make them oh, go look it do. up. Whereas going through the process of trying to figure something out yourself, you learn so much more by doing than you just by do by, by being told. You know, you're told, oh, that's great. You don't internalize that though. But if you have to get in there and really have to get your, roll up your sleeves and get dirty a little bit, then you really can internalize that knowledge. And it helps probably with that creativity point you just made there at the end. I think another thing that you've done really well in the time that I've known you is you are great at networking internally. Everyone that I talk to at HubSpot, like our Already knows Carl, like you're building your brand and it's not just because you were at the top of the charts. It's because you put, I think, a concerted effort into doing that in your first first year in, in the role. Talk to me a little bit more about how can rep new reps really like grow their network internally at an organization and what kind of value has that brought you in your first year? Yes. You're, you're touching on a passionate topic that I have. We could probably do a whole nother session and conversation on this, but building your brand. One thing I want to say is so many people think like when I talk about like my own LinkedIn presence and guys like me and guys like you and other people who have built up their LinkedIn presences, a lot of people will ask and they'll be like, you know, well, have you closed any deals from that? Or why are you doing that? You already have like a really great job. And that misses the mark, right? Because they they're not understanding the real true value of building a brand. Yeah, I'll close a deal every once in a while with somebody on LinkedIn, which I have, or I've passed a really good opportunity off to another rep because of territory alignment, right? Yes, I landed a really great gig. And part of that was because I used LinkedIn and I landed a great role here at HubSpot. But another big piece of it is that internal brand, mm-hmm. right? So, you want to if you if you if you want to stay somewhere right for a long time you want to move up the ranks whatever it is that, that your goals are with your own career I'm real passionate about career design and architecture right people just waiting for jobs to come their way or I hope that I get these jobs it's like no you got to take control of that controlling your internal brand at your company is super important and yeah you're right I wanted to do that early on my LinkedIn presence is part of that it separates me right? It creates, it's, it's my own differentiator. Carl's great at sales. He's went to president's club, rising star. He ramped really fast. Well, guess what? Those things are pretty cool, but a lot of other reps are really great at sales Mm -hmm. and went to president's club. I've never been around a better cohort of salespeople than my time here at HubSpot. So those aren't all necessarily super differentiating, but now I add in cool. Carl does all that. And he's really well networked outside of HubSpot. Mm-hmm. He's in Revenue Collective. He's in all these, all these other, you know, groups and channels building a brand for himself and for HubSpot, but also internally, it helps me too. So two things, LinkedIn, mm-hmm. right, was a big part of that. And it set me apart where people pay attention, right? Oh, Carl's doing this new thing. Also internally, really early on, I wanted to meet other people in other departments. And man, you know, this is always kind of nerve wracking. You don't know if like other people internally are going to be receptive to like meeting the new person. But HubSpot, man, I I remember jumping on because I sold like CMS before in a previous role, a CMS that was specifically designed for um, really large churches, nonprofits. And I mentioned that to a CMS product owner in my very first month. And she was like, awesome. 
like, let's put you on this team to give feedback into some of our new CMS features. So instantly, mm. just by sharing my experience and stepping out of my comfort zone and talking to somebody in a different vertical of HubSpot, I was now in month two, speaking into CMS roadmap. I did the same thing with the team that oversees sales hub, right? Mm -hmm. And task queues. If you look at task queues today, I'm super proud of it because a lot of the awesome changes we made, I was in those conversations. Mm -hmm. I helped to shape that. A lot of the features that you don't see are because I was like, those aren't aren't going to help me to sell more. So there's even features that you don't see that I didn't think were that great. And we removed them. That is so cool to like, as a rep, be able to contribute to HubSpot more than just, you know, with dollars yep. and, and MRR and AR, which is awesome. It's so fun. And it, and it, and it makes it really exciting to work here that I can contribute in those different ways. And I don't have any special skills, Tyler. What did I do? <laughs> How did I do that? I just asked, right. I just annoyed people in Slack. Right. I just gave feedback, <laughs> you know, uh, on HubSpot. Hey, who, hey, who owns this? And I'd send little vineyards and be like, you know, hey, Scott, like, I noticed this. I love what you're doing. This is what I think, you know, here are my thoughts. And he was like, dude, it's so hard to get feedback. Can you join this, you know, team to help give us more yeah. feedback? Yeah. And all of a sudden, all these little opportunities open up. And I'm building a brand for myself internally and having fun. You know, it's right. awesome. Right. I love it. I mean, the big thing, the the theme that I hear there, what you're talking about, Carl, is just taking initiative. I mean, it's taking yeah. initiative. The only oh, person that, that cares about your success, you know, the person that cares the most about it is you. And you have to take control of that because there is opportunity out there everywhere, whether it's internally at a large organization, externally, it doesn't matter what size company you work for, what you do. If you're out there taking initiative and putting yourself out there, I think that's, those are the people that are going to win. You also bring up another good point of bringing yourself to your job. Like you brought like your previous experience, which some people might you know, where is a badge of honor? Some people might shy away from it. Like, eh, yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if my previous experience is going to be accepted here. You know, I don't know if that's, that's going to bring value, but you did. And it opened up some opportunities. Talk to me a little bit more about that. Like, how did you, how did you position yourself initially when you are the new guy? You don't really know a ton about HubSpot. You're learning a lot, but you don't really know a ton. What did you do initially to kind of sell yourself and make it such that, Hey, my voice should be heard. And, and here's the value I can bring when you don't really have much from a internal brand perspective, you're still building that. How do you, what did you position initially to get some of those doors open for you? Yeah. I think that that journey started in the interview process, honestly, because the same answer here is how I sold myself in the interview process. And it starts with confidence, Tyler. I, like I, I sold myself in my own mind first I remember thinking like, man, how am I ever going to get a job at HubSpot? Like I've sold tech that nobody's ever heard of in the marketing world to churches, you know, like super niche. I've never sold to marketers. I don't even know a ton about marketing in general, right? So all these lies were building up in my mind. And I got this job at HubSpot because I changed my mind about my experience. Like, no, this isn't going to hold me back. This is my X factor. I sold to churches. You know how hard that is? You know, <laughs> I sold tech that nobody's ever heard of. I would call people and they've never heard of me. You know, like that's hard to do. That's very unlike our experience at HubSpot, right? Where like the marketing team's done a wonderful job. Everybody's heard of us for the most part, you know? So like I started to think about all the challenges that I faced in that role 
and say, whoa, this actually makes me kind of like a sales superhuman compared to maybe somebody that's come from Salesforce to HubSpot, right? That already has had like the luxury of a really good brand. And, you know, so I, I changed my mind first and I said, you know what? Screw that. This is my X factor. Mm -hmm. Like, this is what makes me different. And man, I sold that through the interview process. I remember my interview with Tyler Rhodes and he asked me, you know, he was like, you know, what, what really like sets you apart here? Like this, you know, you, you don't, you haven't necessarily done exactly this in the past. And I sold that, you know, I said, you know what it's like to keep a full pipeline of boards of directors at nonprofits that don't have a lot of money that don't understand technology. I sold that story. And that's the same mindset that I brought into the role. Tyler was when I got here, my mind was already made up. I had experience that actually very few other reps at HubSpot have is selling in that unique environment. And I said, that's not hurting me. That's not weird. I shouldn't be ashamed of that. I'm going to own the hell out of that. Mm -hmm. That's going to be my value. And that's where I'm going to, I'm going to press in. And that's exactly what I did. So again, to answer your question, it just starts with that confidence and looking at your experience differently, not as something negative. Even if you had a really negative experience in a Mm -hmm. past role, what nuggets can you pull out of that that make you a super seller, that yep. make you specifically Tyler and me, Carl, that X factor? But you got to work on that on your own. You don't want to figure that out in an interview. You don't want to figure that out <laughs> six months into your role. In your shower tonight, like start, write it down on a Google Doc, like start to figure out what makes me a superpower for the, the next company that's going to be delighted to have me mm-hmm. right and not the the other way around necessarily yep. right like hubspot is hub, is lucky to have me instead of oh i'm lucky to be at hubspot right. i'm totally lucky to be at hubspot but but hubspot in my mind is also lucky to have somebody like me and like you right yep mind shift yep exactly yeah getting rid of those limiting beliefs i think is it's half the battle is that that internal conversation you have and you've got to have that story down you've got to yep. have like what is your story why because you're going to get asked the question 15 times why should we hire you and if yeah. your answer sounds like the next 15 people you're not going to get hired just like those other 15 people but if it sounds like wow yep. that one stood out like carl that's unique man he really yep. he really cut his teeth with churches right. and lived with a tool that nobody knew about what could he do with like a tool that everyone knows about where we're selling to like for-profit companies and some nonprofits, but man, Carl could really crush it here, which obviously it showed. I mean, the, the proof is in the pudding there. I mean, the results show themselves that you've exactly. got to hire for those soft skills, hire for that attitude, hire for that story, hire for something unique, because that's what's going to resonate with customers too. We've been talking about this on the individual level, but if I, let's say I'm a leader of a sales organization or the lead, or an executive of a company, how can I build a culture that welcomes people like you, Carl, like how can I, what can I do to attract you and then to really set you up for success on a a more, on a more programmatic level so that I've got 10 Carl's crushing it in year one, because I did these things to really set the entire team up for success. What should companies or leaders be doing to help make sure that people succeed quickly like you have? Whoa, such a good question. It's a loaded one. I think what HubSpot, I can only speak to HubSpot, right? Because this is what they did. So I'm share what they did really well and what they continue to do really well. And the first thing is that they saw the quote unquote weirdness of my resume and said, this isn't a typical resume that we get, you know, 
but we're going to give them a shot anyways and give them an interview, you know? So like, that's what I think is the first thing. Like don't let weird and different make you take a resume and toss it out and go back to kind of the tried and true, right? Like, Oh, let's just interview reps that have, you know, sold for big name software companies before. Oh, Oracle. Great. Yeah. Let's give them an interview. Right. Like, be open to looking for that weird look for like story of adversity. Right. If I'm a, I'm not a recruiter, but if I was a recruiter, I'd be interested in some of those things. Like, Oh, you've got a gap in employment. Oh, you were at one place for five years and then you kind of job hopped a little bit. Like there's a story there. Like mm. be curious to kind of hear what that is. Cause that whatever happened there might actually be, that person's superpower, why they're going to come in and be rising star. You know, what's really predictable hiring somebody at the major software company that's been, at, been going to P club for the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. Awesome. That's a safe bet. <laughs> the but safest safe bet. bets usually <laughs> kind of return, you know, pretty okay returns, right? Like seven, 8% on the market, right? As far as stocks go. But I think if you look for that weirdness, you might get that 25% return. And that rep that comes in and goes, oh, I'm 150% of attainment in year one and I ramped 80% faster than other people, right? Yep. So look, one, first thing, answer your question. Look for that weirdness and be open to it. Second thing is, this is kind of driven by my personality, but my manager, shout out to Katie Early, she gave me space, man. Like she trusted me from day one. She said, Carl's creative. Carl is very, what I like to call intrapreneurial, right? Mm -hmm. He doesn't have a business outside of HubSpot, but he very much sees his role as HubSpot as he's like the CEO of just kind of his domain and his territory. I'm going to give him space and support in a different way than I might to another new rep that needs a lot of handholding. So she's so perceptive and saw that really early. And man, that paid dividends, honestly, for me, for her, for HubSpot, because that space is exactly what I needed just to move, just to share ideas, to fail, to just fall on my face and experience things firsthand and maybe have a slow month like I did last August Mm -hmm. and be able to win and kind of learn from that. So she gave me the breathing room and wasn't focused on knowledge transfer, but competency transfer. Anthony Inarino talks a lot about the, the dynamic of these two. So my advice to sales leaders is, and this is where I think a lot of onboardings go wrong, where there's just a, the focus is knowledge transfer, right? Everybody makes the joke, oh, you're gonna be drinking from the fire hose for the first <laughs> month. Yep. That's great. And that's necessary most of the time. You just got to get the information out, transfer the knowledge. But how does our enablement, how does our training, how does our onboarding, how does our ongoing development transfer not just knowledge, but competency. And competency Mm -hmm. means taking knowledge and using it, practicing it, failing with it, winning with it. What's the process for that piece so that we're creating people that are super competent Mm -hmm. and not just, you know, information, meeting information, right? So that transfer there, Knowledge to competency, super important. HubSpot obviously did a really great job of it. And that's what I would encourage other sales leaders to think about their onboarding training processes. Am I transferring just information or am I really transferring 
competency mm-hmm. and my new reps and, and, and reps that have been around a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of a conversation I just had with Nicole from Remotish uh, a few episodes back on the podcast. You brought up the idea of entrepreneurship. You brought up, you know, career crafting, this idea of like setting people up for success, giving them that space that your manager has. Those are valuable things that you can give someone that doesn't show up in a paycheck, doesn't show up in the W-2, but man, does it keep a guy like Carl happy? And Carl yeah. could be the over- over guy who goes way over 150, 200% versus the safe return, which safe returns are great, but you know, you want, you want great returns. And I think that that's, that's something definitely to consider. Carl, great conversation. If my listeners want to find you online, what's the easiest way to do so? Man, I'm on LinkedIn and all my information is on there. And most of our listeners probably have Zoom info. Go ahead and rip my email out of there and my cell phone. Give me a ring, but you guys can find me on LinkedIn forward slash Carl dash Ferreira. Hit me up. Would love to connect. Yeah, definitely. We'll link to that. Carl's LinkedIn profile in the show notes. Carl, thanks so much for coming on. We'll do a, a part two after you crush year two to learn what you learned in year two at HubSpot. But thanks so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Thanks, Tyler. All right. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. You can find all the links discussed and the show notes at thesaleslift.com. That's the, T-H-E, sales, S-A-L-E-S, lift, L-I-F-T, dot com. Have questions for me? Email me at tyler at thesaleslift.com. We look forward to seeing you back here next week. And we hope today's show brings you the sales lift your business needs. Remember, ideas, plus action equals results. You've got new ideas, now it's time to take action and the results will follow. See you next time.